everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are continuing our discussion of Kenobi with parts four and five. I, for a minute, thought that we were getting episode six. Like, today is Wednesday. Like, the episode just came out this morning. For some reason, I thought we were getting episode six, and I was about to, like, freak out that it was over. But I'm still freaking out because we only have one episode left. Yeah, how are they going to wrap it up in one episode? I I kind of feel like they can't. And yeah. part of me is clowning, like, season two. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think this story is going to continue. Don't know if it'll be, like, centered around Obi-Wan or it'll be, like, you know, there's some rumors going around about some spinoff series. Um, I would like to see it. Yeah. I would 100% like to see it. Like, I just, I feel like we've opened a lot of doors, and I really like that. I I can see, like, Obi-Wan's arc being wrapped up, but there's, like, so many other things that I'm, like, there's so many things up in the air. Like, we haven't even, like, returned Leia home yet. Like, we haven't, you know, we were supposed to get this stuff with, like, Aunt Beru and, like, all this. I'm like, there's still so much. Yeah, well, where's Bonnie? Like, we haven't seen Baru. Yeah, she was like, I'm going to be in, like, the second half. I'm like, what do you mean by half? The last episode. <laughs> the last episode. <laughs> so there's so much going on. And I, I did want to leave some space at the end to kind of talk about, you know, where we think we're going. Maybe some hopes, some wishes, some predictions, that kind of thing. Um, but first things first, I did want to bring back recommendations. And I solely did this for the selfish person purpose of saying please everybody listening if you can hear me through your ears right now watch first kill on netflix so that they renew it if they don't (laughs) renew it i'm gonna be so genuinely upset netflix is so good at making us upset though i know they're so good at canceling they are you can you can count on them for one thing and that's disappointment yeah (laughs) like i keep going back to the fact that they re and It's weird to compare these shows, but people have been, the argument is there. They really, truly pushed Heartstopper as their queer show and, like, good on them. I love Heartstopper. I love Alice Osman. They got cleared for their second season. Like, I am so genuinely happy. Yeah. But First Kill is also a very queer show. Clearly this, like, their marketing budget they got a way smaller marketing budget yeah. than Hearts Offer. They clearly got a smaller budget on a lot of things because the CGI oh, really? is so bad. Oh. <laughs> but like, like in a funny, campy way, though. Okay. I almost wonder if it was a choice. Oh. Like, because it, it just, it works. And like the, um, it's Victoria Schwab, which... Yeah. You know, this was based off of her short story. It's Romeo and Juliet, except Juliet is a vampire and Romeo is a vampire hunter, mm-hmm. which, like, right off the bat, like, I wasn't expecting, like, the quiet, shy, you know, sunshine one to be the vampire, but, like, she is, and it's <laughs> such a good dynamic. Ooh. I'm excited to start it. Because I only just finished Stranger Things yesterday. <laughs> I really, like, slogged through Stranger Things. Um, Clearly, the effects budget all went to Stranger Things. Oh, my Things. gosh. Like, yeah, <laughs> Stranger Things looks great. Like, I mean, yeah. visually, look fantastic. And even, like, on their, um, you know, prosthetics budget, too. Oh, yeah. 
I um, love they just released like a bunch of behind the scenes like Vecna pictures of him just yeah. like chilling. It's really funny. It's giving like prequel actors on set energy. Yes. It's giving like <laughs> Liam Neeson the umbrella. It's giving, you know, Palpatine. Like <laughs> it's really funny. Just, it's giving Maul on the invisible scooter. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's really hilarious. But like first kill like I do not like the story of Romeo and Juliet. Or, like, let me paraphrase. I find it annoying. However, (laughs) V.E. Schwab just, like, really turned it around for me, and I really loved the story. I will say, like, Juliet and Calliope, neither one of them are my favorite, and that's because my favorite character is Eleanor, who is Christine, if Christine was a vampire, which we don't know she Wait, isn't. you need to give some con- some context to who Christine is. Christine is from Selling Sunset. Yeah. She is the villain, in quotations, of the show, and she is the best yeah. character ever. Well, I was going to say, Shannon and I are, like, Christine apologists. Like, we are we Christine really, apologists. We really like Christine. And her, her chair purse. Yeah, she... She has the best fashion. Like, yeah. this recent season, like, season, the episode one opens up with her in this, like, the cutest, like, jean dress. And she's nine months pregnant. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. But she is, like, the gaslight gatekeep girl boss of the century. And Eleanor, who I think she's she's basically, like, Tybalt, kind of. Okay. Um, she's, like, that equivalent. They literally call her the Gaslight Queen in the show. Oh, my gosh. And she has this vanity that's just, like, the top of it has, like, all of these different lipstick shades. It's just, it's iconic. And she calls Juliet, like, sweet little. Like, this show has the self-awareness of Riverdale, but if Riverdale was actually good. Wow. Like, and so many people are like, this show is bad. And I'm like, you're right. But, like, that's why it's so good. I, like, love Riverdale recaps so much. Yes. That's what the show gives me. That's good. It gives me that vibe. The dialogue is so bad, but that's what makes it so iconic. So, like, it fits into the category of shows that Mike's Mike could cover. Mike's Mike would love First Kill. Yeah. Like, I can just see... He would be an Eleanor Stan. Like, he would. He would love her (laughs) as much as he loves Jenna Marshall from Pretty Little Liars. But, yes, I I highly recommend First Kill. I, it was building and building and building, and it leaves off in such a way where it's like, if we don't have a season two, like, there's not going to be any closure. Oh, it's like Dark Crystal. It's like Dark Crystal. Like, I just, it's so good. And I realized I have to watch season one to try to, like, help it get a season two but also like that hurt of watching dark crystal i know i know it does hurt i think after i watch this week's miss marvel i'll start it Uh, please do and like live tweet me because it's it's so good um but speaking of so we don't really have any news this week because like everything got announced to star wars celebration we're back on track kenobi's coming out but starting the same week as episode four of Kenobi, which was last week, we got Miss um, Marvel, the newest 
show, the newest Marvel show. Yeah, I loved the first episode. It's like so different than any other Marvel show. It really gives like teen, like high school comedy and like we're in like a golden like I truly believe we're in a golden age of like high school television right I now. would agree with that and it fits in that vibe with um we have we just had Heartstopper we've had uh Never Have I Ever it's very Never Have I Ever Diary of a Future President like it's that vibe and it they're 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 all knocking it out of the park I'll I'll be upset about like the fact that Diary has not did not get a renew. That's really upsetting. However, the actor who plays the brother might be going on to some pretty great things. Yeah, but, you know. I mean, you could add that into the news. That's, That's new. true. the The <laughs> actor who played the brother on Diary of a Future President, we loved him. He was so amazing. He was having his gay awakening. It was so cute. He has been cast for the Percy Jackson series. Has he? Has he been cast? No. Or is he in talks? Well, okay. I don't think there's even any talks. There's, he's following all of the Percy Jackson actors. And they're they're following him back. (laughs) Listen, we've, this isn't news anymore. This is now rumor gossip time. This is speculation. (laughs) This is speculation that he could be cast. Yeah. And I sent it to Alex and... She immediately was like, is that going to be Luke? And I, I lost Luke. my mind. I really think he's going to be Luke. I was, I just said to bring up Percy Jackson in general because we haven't even talked about that, I think. Oh, have we not? Yeah. Oh, my God. I just, like, the Percy Jackson show is officially filming. We got all, like, the big three casting. Yeah. I'm obsessed with all of it. It's so perfect so far. Yeah. It's really giving me, like, these kids are going to be, um, you know, household names one day. Like, it's giving so. me, it's giving me, like, Harry Potter trio. Like, I think these kids are going to be so famous. I I agree with that. And so far, I feel like they're handling it well. Although, granted, like, the show is not out. Like, yeah. you really only the people who are, like, super obsessed are following right now. Um, but, like... Part of me is a little bit worried because the expectations for this show could not be higher. Yeah. Like, everybody has such high expectations for this show. So part of me is worried that, like, if even one thing is off, like, people are going to be mad and it'll underperform. But, like, I... So far, I'm genuinely happy with the response that, like, the casting announcements have been getting. Obviously, some people are mad about certain casting, but, like, genuinely, so much of it is good. Like, they even cast Percy Jackson's mom. They cast Chiron. They cast Mr. D. Jason Mazzucas. Yes. He's going to be a perfect Mr. D. I know. I'm really like, excited about that casting. That is the perfect casting, in my opinion. Yeah, all the fans seem to be super content with all of the casting so far. No one seems, like, upset about it. Yeah, there's no drama except for just, like, you know, like, the fringe people who are always going to be mad at everything. Yeah, but those people aren't real fans. No, they're not. They are absolutely not. But, like, with that, you know even though it's not out yet, but just seeing what they've been doing with it. Like, I I have to agree with you. Like, we are in such a good renaissance for this coming-of-age, like, TV era. 
Yeah. I feel like the 2000s and the 2010 was really dominated with, like, teen drama. And this yeah. is more, like, you know, teen Dramedy, comedy. Comedy. Yes. And we're going to get Willow also. <sighs> and that's also probably going to fall into this similar category. I love that. This is such a great time. It's such a wholesome time. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's Skeleton Crew. That's true. I actually am inter- like very interested in Skeleton mm-hmm. Crew. It like, sounds look at, fun. I think Disney has watched what Netflix has been doing and realizing that their teen shows are that popular and are finding like their pocket on Disney+. Plus. Because I think that a lot of adults who subscribe to Disney+, Plus expect it to be like more mature, like Mandalorian, like Moon Knight, like that level. But like... I'm glad to see Disney Plus, like, looking into other demographics. Well, because the fact of the matter is, like, they also want families to be purchasing this subscription. They're more likely to bundle. And kids are going to be watching. Like, kids Mm -hmm. will have their own thing. And really, like, you know, they had Diary, which they didn't renew. And they did um, High School Musical, which... As somebody who just taught middle school, like, that was a hit. Like... Yeah, the kids love it. They loved it. And obviously, you know, Olivia Rodrigo took off and all that. So I think if they can follow that with any kind of success with their other shows, like, they're really going to see, like, bringing in that new demographic and getting them back into Disney. Because it's really funny. Like, a lot of my students weren't, like... Disney fans per se um but like they would watch certain things like that so mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like the <laughs> Disney like stuck with our generation and then Gen Z kind of like fell off so they they need to find a way to like well, pull Gen Z back in I mean that kind of makes sense because we were we were kids when all the renaissance great renaissance movies were coming out and they were potentially kids when they were in that lull area between mm-hmm. the between area between the renaissance and then tangled basically right like, yeah which obviously brought some you know in and mm-hmm. obviously kids still really love Disney but I, I definitely found that, like, a lot of my students, it, it really is, like, a YouTube Twitch era. Like, a lot of kids are on that, and I think that's why Disney was trying to branch out into that. But I think, you know, bringing in these, like, these teen, like, comedies is such a good way to go. I'm, yeah. I'm very happy to see it. So, with that, I think we are ready to talk about episodes four and five of Kenobi. Um, Obviously, spoilers if you haven't watched those parts, and obviously spoilers if you haven't watched um, episodes one through three. We already covered those as well in our episode last time. Uh, So, Alex, how how has it been watching Kenobi? It's been wonderful. It's, It's a delight. It's such a good time. It's a it's a it's a hard time. Yeah, it's funny because it, it it hurts so much. Yeah, but like it's so good. Star Wars is so good right now, and mm. I I do I do understand the argument because I see people online who are kind of upset that like Star Wars is still relying on these known characters and like nostalgia and all of that. But like to me, this story has such meaning like there's such a there's a reason it's being told and like yes it is trying to hit you with the nostalgia with like the prequels which 
we don't normally see with Star Wars. Like, that's already kind of different, that they're not trying to hit you with original, you know, nostalgia. But I feel like it has such a purpose, and it's really broadened, like, the scope in a way that season one Mando did, and then season two kind of fell off of. Yeah, it really... It's really a character piece. Yes. Um, Rather than... How many cameos can we fit in? How um, how complicated can we make this plot just so we can fit in certain characters? Like plot is very simple, you know. You Leia's could, you could exactly you can uh, write out you know the tag the tagline of Kenobi, like the synopsis of Kenobi, in like one sentence, and I feel like that's that's something that Star Wars has gotten away with with Mando is that. They're making it way too complicated. Um, Especially for, like, newer fans or, like, just not the diehard fans. I feel like getting into all that Rebel stuff, instead of making you want to go back and watch Rebels, it just gets confusing. Like, what do you need to watch to watch Kenobi? The prequels. What do you need to know? That's it. Actually, even then, like, I don't know. Like... (laughs) What do you think of Kenobi being your entryway point into Star Wars? I think it's possible. I honestly and, think and it's what, possible. And and uh, what do you get out of that? Like, I want to talk to someone who does that. Does this? Like, if mm. I ever come across like someone who's never seen Star Wars before, I'd be like, watch Kenobi first for and an just see experiment. What for an experiment. Yeah, because, like, you you obviously get the recap of the prequels, which I do think would make you want to go back and watch them. So, like, say you start with Kenobi, and then you watch episodes, like, one, two, three, and then you watch the originals. Like, what a ride. Or what about, like, a machete order with Kenobi? Like, you watch one, two, Kenobi, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, my gosh. That's, like... That's pain. That's because, serious pain. Because if you end, if you go from Attack the Clones to Kenobi, then you don't actually know what happened between the two of them. No, you don't. Isn't that interesting? Oh my gosh. That hurts so much. And then, like, especially if you go from that to, like, Rogue One. Because I, I, the only time I ever watched, like, the movies with Rogue One in it, I did... I started with episode one, and I was, like, watching chronologically, so I threw Rogue One in there. And going from episode three to Rogue One is so much. Yeah. Like, it is, it's so good. It just, like, it it itches this certain part of my brain that's, like, I must be in pain at all times. Yeah. And it's great. I would love, like, some, like, cool way to watch Obi-Wan's story, so, like, you know, a guide to watching things that he is in, like, you take a few of those uh, Clone Wars arcs that he is prominent in, and you take the Twin Sons arc in Rebels. A chronological and you, Kenobi And you end watch. it with A New Hope. That actually brings me to a line that was in episode five, but, like, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Um, so, first of all, I, I went back and watched episode four again because, you know, we watched episode five this morning and it was so much and it was a lot. Alex was crying. It, you know, it's amazing. Um, so I wanted to go back and watch episode four just so it was fresh in my mind. And can I just say, we are on outfit number three 
for Obi-Wan. Ooh, intergalactic fashion. Like, he's so fashionable. Like, he goes from his... He always sh- has been. Like, he, he really has, has been. shabby, Tatooine, blue shirt look. And then he's oh, th- I love that look. I do love that look. It's very nice. It's iconic. But then he goes back to, like, his Jedi robes, and they're, like, old and tattered and gross, obviously. And they actually look too big for him, because I think he's lost weight. Mm. And then after episode three, because, you know, Vader drags him through the fire, he gets thrown in a Bacta tank. And when he gets out, they give him a super stylish outfit. And I'm, I really like it. Yeah, he does look good. He looks. He's had more outfits and, than Leia. And then we get another outfit in five at the beginning of part five. Is that another outfit? No, I mean at the opening scene of episode five. Oh, you're right. Yeah. That is another outfit. Yeah. Four outfits. That's a lot for our boy. And that also means that <laughs> lots Hayden. Of lots, lots of haircuts. Lots of haircuts. Hairdos. That also means that Hayden has three outfits. Um, but can we, can we talk about, like, the scene where he's in the Bacta tank, but then also Vader is in his Bacta tank? Yeah, I, like, the way that they're, that Deborah Chow is, like, cutting between the two scenes, and it goes from, like, you know, like, Kenobi's body, and, like, to seeing, like, Vader's arm chopped off, and the cut is so seamless that I, like, I gasped. Like, I was, like, like, cause my, my brain, like, didn't process it quick enough. Like, I was like, oh my god, like, it's Vader, like, his arms are gone, like, Vader, it's Vader, we're looking at Vader now. Like, it's just so grotesque. Like, do you find that she's making Vader so much more grotesque in this than we've ever seen him? Yeah, he's dead. Like, this is a dead man. Yeah. And and I fully agree with that. I, I think... It's interesting because, especially when he's in the box tank, like you said, like for a minute you can't tell who you're looking at. Yeah, and I think it's that's so seamless. It's so seamless, and it, it's really showing that like these two men are so connected. We talked about last time that it's almost force bondy, and then I went back and I I was watching those episodes again, and the sound is really similar. Yeah, and this episode. Is just, it really is giving me that. Yeah. And some people are mad, like, if you try to say that Obi-Wan and Anakin are, like, a forced diet or whatever, which, like, I don't think that's what it is. Um, To be honest, anything that happens in episode nine, I'm kind of like, I don't remember. Um, But I I wouldn't be opposed to saying that Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan have some kind of forced connection. Yeah. You know, like... The interesting thing about dyads is, like, you know, a dyad, can it be formed? Like, is it something that can both be, like, they're all, like, like Kylo and Rey are a mm-hmm. dyad, um, and it's, they've always been like that. They were born. Yeah, they were dyad. born like that. Yeah. But can a dyad be formed out of, like, true, like, selfless love? I think, like, if if that's the case, I would argue that their connection is, like, forged on Mustafar. When they both die. When they both die, yes. Like, a dyad is formed out of trauma. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yes, I I think that it, it's it's very different from Ben and Ray's, and yeah. I think that's fine, and I'm I'm kind of glad for it because it it still makes that Raylo connection really special, but like these two have been connected ever since Qui Gon saw Anakin and was like, "We're gonna train him." Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of doubt and there's a lot of thought between the two of them with, you know, like, you know, why did Qui-Gon make this decision? Like, why are we together? And like, ultimately, you know, it does go down the road of disaster. But I think it it connected them in the force somehow to the point where, mm-hmm. you know, they're seeing visions of each other and they are always very aware when the other one is around. Like, I I do think that there's something there. Do I think it's ever going to be, like, explicitly acknowledged or explained? No. No. And I don't really want it to be either. Yeah. I agree. So, on top of that, do you also just get so irrationally filled with genuine terror when Vader or Reva is on the screen? Yeah. Like, they're so scary. Like, Vader's just so big. Like, he is, like, over six feet tall. Like, he is machine. Yes. Um, he just has this, like, foreboding presence. Um, and that is terrifying. And then Reva is this, like, spitfire. Like, Mm -hmm. she is small and mighty, and terrifying and she like makes up for her like size you know in like spirit and her spirit is scary like i love reva so much like seriously she's one of my favorites like of all time right now yeah but if i was ever in a room with her i think i would just die of fear mm-hmm. like she's genuinely scary yeah. and i None think of what us makes would be like leia Oh, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> Leia being interrogated by Reva is something to behold. Because that, I think I would just, like, pee my pants. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, the resistance is here. You know? like, And then she'd probably just kill me. And I'd be like, thank you for putting me out of my misery. <laughs> she's so good. And I, she's so unpredictable. You never know what she's going to do. And I think that's what makes her so scary. And you see that in Vader as well. Like... You never know if you're just going to be having a conversation or if he's going to kill you. Yeah. And it's just, it's genuinely terrifying. And anytime they are in a room together, I, I'm scared. Like, yeah, because we know that she's not going to kill him, but there's always the question of, is he going to kill her? And she keeps managing to like weasel away from it. She avoids, she, you're right. She just kind of avoids being killed. Every time. She's always got something. She's so clever. But yeah, so let's talk about the fact that Reva interrogates little baby Leia. Because she kidnaps her. Well, she's already been kidnapped. But she takes her at the end of episode three. So she is now on Fortress Inquisitorious mm-hmm. being interrogated by Reva. She kind of does the good cop, bad cop kind of thing with she Leia. She does. She really does. And Leia has none of it. Yeah, quickly she realizes that the good cop thing is not going to work. I love when Leia gives in and she's like, 
you know, starting to cry, and she's just like, okay, I'll I'll tell you where they are. I just, I really don't want anybody to get hurt. Yeah, I have to tell my dad first. I have to tell my dad first, because she's like, well, you know, you said we're on the same side, so that shouldn't be a problem, and Reva's like, oh my god, <laughs> that is Anakin and Padme's child. Yeah. Like, that's how they act. Oh, 100%. And I also, so we learn Reva's backstory in episode five, like, we'll get there, but... I, when I was watching this back, I kind of felt like this reluctance for Reva to actually put Leia in that interrogation, like, chamber thing. She, like, really gives her a lot of chances. She, but I think I said it to you, like, I definitely don't get the sense that Reva gets any pleasure or joy out of her job. I agree with that. I... She's just kind of doing what she has to. And she, yeah, she does what she has to for her end goal, which we kind of learn more about in part five. I don't think she hates Leia. I don't think that she wants to hurt Leia. No. I think she'll just do whatever it takes to get to her goals. And I think you could juxtapose that with Vader, who we don't really know exactly how he feels, but I think at this point, like, he just... He's in so much pain. Like, he just doesn't really... He can't care. Yeah. He continues down the same path because what else is he going to do? He has to double down. Like, he can't not double down at this point. I feel like Reva just... She's ruthless because she has to be. And then Vader just doubles down because there's nothing left for him, really. It's, you know, like, continue to justify his decisions or basically kill himself, right? Like, And I don't think he even has the option to kill himself because I think Palpatine would bring him back. I honestly wonder if he would have done that. And, like, obviously that'd be a really dark story. I don't think they'd ever even show that, like, in a comic. But, like, I wonder if, like, he ever got to that place and Palpatine brought him back to life again like yeah. he's not allowed to leave like this personal hell that he's in mm-hmm. i and i have to imagine like palpatine is kind of um watching his every move anyways mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very much like it, letting him die would be a mercy and yeah. that's not even possible. And I, I think that's another reason why, like, later on when he learns about Luke, like, he hunts Luke with such determination because he has something else to live for. And yeah. before that, like, he's so focused on bringing Padme back because that's, like, all he has. Like, he becomes obsessed with these things because he doesn't have anything else. He's just focused on the pain that he's in otherwise. Mm, like, right, one of his wrongs, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's so sad. Bringing some levity back into it, I I also wanted to mention the poeticness of... So this is a water planet. We've seen it on um, in Jedi Fallen Order, which, by the way, like, this episode is so Jedi Fallen Order. It felt so amazing to see it on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a water planet, and they mentioned that it's in the Mustafar system. And I just really think it's interesting that there's a planet that's, like, completely devoid of life. It's you know, completely charred away, it's all lava, versus this planet that is all water, which is life, and there's obviously life underneath the surface. Yeah. Like, it's very opposite. Yeah, fire and water. <laughs> but this fortress has a secret. It's not really a fortress. Ooh. What is it? 
it's a tomb. Yeah, it's a tomb for Jedi. I was thinking about this, but not only is it like a physical tomb for Jedi where there are dead Jedi like in the basement, basically, but like also you can think about, you know, Inquisitor armor as also being a tomb for Jedi who took the decision to become Inquisitor instead of being killed. Um, those were the two options. They're both yeah. kind of a tomb of their of, of their own making, like... And they're reminded of that every single day, that it's this or that. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to know what the reason is. Why do they have these Jedi? Why are they in Amber? I don't know if I want the reason, but especially watching it again, I was like, why... Why? It's definitely a scare tactic. Oh, yeah. But, like, like they, they've mentioned, like, nobody's broken in, which is false, because Cal Kestis is also dumb, and he did also <laughs> swim in. Yeah, it was like, oh, there's never been a Jedi um, stupid enough to break in, and it's like... <laughs> Hugh Cal Kestis, five Cal years Kestis. prior, also doing the same thing. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it, it just makes me wonder. And, I mean, I guess... For the people, like, could you imagine being just, like, a regular Imperial and being stationed on this thing? Terrifying. Terrifying. Like, there's no justification if you're stationed on Fortress Inquisitorius, you know? You know there's some shady stuff going down if that's who you are. So, another thing about little Leia. I think, Alex, this was one of your favorite parts of the whole episode, when Obi-Wan finally saves her? Yes. Oh, yes. So he saves her, but then they have to get off of the fortress. So he, like, basically takes, like, a trench coat and hides her in his trench coat. <laughs> and it was, like, it was just so funny. It was really comedic. It was really comedic. Like, I don't know, like, if Deborah wanted that, like, that it was going to look like the Muppets. But, like, I loved it. It it really looked like two children, like, on each other's shoulders in a yeah. trench coat. Is exactly what it looked like. And he even, like, they put a hat on him, too. Like, yeah, I feel like that, that disguise always has, like, a fedora. So they put, like, a little hat on him, too. <laughs> and he just, like, I can't imagine how anybody didn't look at them and go, there's something wrong there. Everybody yeah. ignores it. It was like they were like that for so long. I yeah, was they like, walked down this really okay. long hallway. <laughs> like and like not only like even if he didn't have Leia under his coat, like he didn't look like he fit in anyways. No, he looked like a homeless man. <laughs> like he really did. So it it was very, very funny. And Reva almost catches them, but the rest of the I don't know what they're calling themselves. It's not the Rebellion yet, but it's, like, the they're Underground like, Railroad people. Yeah, it's, like, the people, the path, they're, like, they're leading the path for people, like, for sensitive families to escape. Yeah, they originally keep, they, they, keep, they didn't want to help at all, yeah, but they do they, come help. They keep uh, referring to the path, but I don't yes. know what the group is called. I I mean, it's, it's obviously a precursor to the Rebellion. Yeah. But it's not the Rebellion yet. Um... But they do come help. Um, somebody dies in the process. I think his name was Wade, which was it very was sad. It was Wade. Yeah, it was very sad. Um, which I think just kind of, I think that moment, because they even mentioned, like, I guess your soldiers now, like, I think is where you see the shift in these people who are just trying to escape and survive, like, now kind of having something to fight for. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do kind of feel like we're seeing the beginnings of a rebel cell. Like, they're not the rebellion yet, yeah. but, like, this is about to be, like, where Definitely. it starts. Um, I mean, right now, they're all about protecting Force sensitives, but mm-hmm. soon they're going to realize that, you know, more than just the Force sensitives are suffering under the Empire and everyone's going to need their help. Yes. Like, every single person in the galaxy is suffering right now. And it's so heartbreaking to hear about the raids with Force Sensitives. And it's really interesting because I I feel like, you know, they talk about it a lot in Rebels. But you don't see it a ton anywhere else. Like, they really were, like, it was the Inquisition. They really were hunting down anybody with any kind of Force-sensitive power because that would directly threaten Palpatine. Like, the dark is in power, so any kind of force, anything that rises would be to balance that out. Mm -hmm. I wonder, do you think that um, they kill all of the force-sensitive children, or do you think that they kind of had their own teachings? Like, do you think that they have, like, a structure of, of Inquisitor school with, children involved or are they only taking pre-trained jedis oh oh my god i actually really like that (laughs) i mean it would probably be horrible but now i'm thinking of like it's the school for good and evil (laughs) like (laughs) well that's what i'm thinking like if they find like you know a five-year-old obviously a five-year-old would never have been was not alive during 66 so they were not able to be a jedi right do they train those kids it sounds like no it it sounds like they just kill them but you want yes i would like a yes like listen i we keep getting really close to like Star Wars, but it's Hogwarts, but it's in space. And, like, that's, like, a rival school waiting to happen. But that was, like, Dooku Jedi lost. I know, but, like, (laughs) you're telling me that we couldn't have it with the Inquisitorial school? Like, Mm. but is that too Hitler Youth? It's kind of Hitler Youth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can still have, like, like a prequel era romance between Jedis that go to different temples. I would love Or that. High Republic. Oh, yeah. I, I think... Do we have, like, a rivalry? Do they play, like, a sport? Oh, my gosh. Do they have sports? <laughs> do you like, ever besides, have, like... <laughs> like, besides lightsaber fight, like, besides sparring. Yeah. Do they have, like, a Quidditch equivalent? Hmm. Like, like, I mean, the I guess, like, temple maybe against... racing, like, maybe... <gasps> oh, my gosh. Crushing on a pod racer? Oh, my God. No, but, like, could you imagine, like, a Quidditch, like, Quidditch equivalent? What would, I would that love be? To see it. I don't know. But can I, can I mention, so in Brotherhood, Mike Chin establishes that Anakin hacks into... Like systems on ships that he's stationed on, so I that thought you were he say something else. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he hacks into like the systems so that he can watch pod racing. Oh my god! Like he's a NASCAR guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I know. Like he gets caught talking to Padme, 
But he switches it real quick because he's normally doing it to watch pod racing. So he switches it to pod racing. And so Obi-Wan's just like, ah, you're watching pod racing again. <laughs> Obi-Wan knows. No, Obi-Wan totally. No, he knows. Like, he he 100% knows and is, like, looking the other way. He's trying to pretend like it's not happening, but it, it happened. I'm so sorry, my my guy. The, the last, like, two things in this episode, because the whole episode was dedicated to rescuing Leia. Mission is accomplished. Um, we get to see... Ben Kenobi and Leia hold hands. So cute. I died. Like It's so cute. Like, Leia is so nurturing. Yes. I think that's her force sensitivity coming in again. Yeah. Like, she she knows, like, something's wrong. Like, there, she, she has knows some, it. like, empath kind of force trait, almost. Maybe. I could see that. I mean, and that's also in Brotherhood as well. Like, being overwhelmed by the feelings all around them. It's... I could definitely see that as well. Uh, but we get that super cute moment. And then we get one of the top ten worst anime betrayals of all time. With Lola <laughs> turning yeah. to the dark side. So, I mean, at the end of this episode, it kind of looks like our good guys get away. But uh, Riva, you know, confirms that, no, like, we're tracking them. So um, I, when she said that to Vader, I thought she was just like lying. I thought she was lying. Yeah, yeah I thought she was just to trying save, to live. save herself. Yeah. But actually, she put a tracker on Lola. And not only was it a tracker, but it was some sort of um, in episode five, they call it like a restraining bolt, mm-hmm. I think. But it actually, um, I guess, like, it's a bug in her system. It's, like, a, it corrupts her. It's it's like those bolts. Like, it reminded me of Solo, like, when they freed the droids, you know? Yeah. Um, it reminded me of that. But, yeah, like, it, it makes Lola, like, evil. Like, she hisses and, like, bites at Leia. And she has, like, red, like, red eyes instead yeah. of her, like, white. She was in her villain era. Um, it was a short time, but it was a good time. Yeah, I was, like, worried that she was going to injure Leia, but, like, she doesn't have anything built in her to I was worried injure. that she was going to get, like, damaged beyond repair. Like, I thought they were going to have to, like, mm, break her. But no. Leia, Leia was just like, oh, it's a restraining bolt. Boop. And, like, she was fine. I so. think <laughs> Lola is going to sell toys, and they know that. And oh, they 100%. Do that. <laughs> Did you notice that Lola's already in the title credits? Yeah, I thought that was so cool. That was so it cute. It looks really nice. Oh, yeah. They know, they know that we're obsessed with Lola. And, like, they have every right to know that because we are. Episode five, I can't. Like, I, the opening scene, I, like, actually started sobbing. Like, I was, like, my face was wet, like, so quickly. Yeah. Like, I, like, I didn't even notice myself start to cry. And I was, like, my face... Like, why is it so wet? I I was literally, like, it was the same thing when we saw Alderaan for the first time. It, it took me a minute. I'm like, where are we? And then it zooms out. And I'm like, wait a second. Anakin. It's Anakin. <laughs> but it it's Attack of the Clones, Anakin. Yeah. <sighs> Not like, like, and you, like, watch that and you're like, hey, he's, like, looking out into the distance. He's thinking about Padme. Like, well, somebody pointed is... out, like, that's her apartment tower. Oh. They, like, cross, they, like, cross-reference with Revenge of the Sith during, like, Padme's rumination. Like, where he's, like, looking? Uh-huh. It's the same tower. Oh, my God. I know. 
I didn't know that. Okay. Oh my god. Um, so like, wait. So is this time timeline? Is this after they get married? Was his hand ro- robot? I didn't notice his hand, but I will say that after the battle on Geonosis, he gets knighted and he loses his braid. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was looking at. Um, but yeah. I did not notice his hand. So yeah. this is either, you know, shortly before Attack of the Clones or, like, immediately after. Yeah. I, I wrote this in here because I, I truly think this was a flashback. And I truly think one of them was reliving this. But, like, the question is, like, was it Obi-Wan or was it Anakin who was reliving this memory? I truly um, do think that was what was happening. I assumed it was Obi-Wan, but I didn't think about it the other way. Because, like, I know that this, it it was a really good, like, frame to show, like, it it was foreshadowing not only their fight on Mustafar because they were sparring together, but it was also foreshadowing, like, who was going to get the upper hand by the end of the episode. Yeah. Which, like, Obi-Wan and Vader, like, don't even have to interact they just know each other so well i kind of think that it was kenobi think like remembering because anakin didn't learn anything from the flashback then no (laughs) so that's why that's why i think that it was probably obi-wan i yeah i just oh man i wasn't expecting to see like it we ever so good. So many people had been theorizing, like, you know, okay, give us like a Clone Wars era, but in live action, give us something, you know, you have Hayden, you have yeah. Ewan, you have to do it. And I didn't actually think it was gonna be Yeah. Oh, it would it would only be cooler if they were wearing their Clone War armor. I would have liked to see the Clone Wars. Yeah. I um, think that would have been good. It was amazing. They both looked amazing. They did. They looked really good. I I do think that they might have de-aged both of them a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They 100% did. But, like, but it they did not. Good. I was going to say de-aging. Um, they probably de-aged them more similarly to the way they de-aged in, like, Ant-Man. Yes. And but but they did not deep fake. No. <laughs> I think they just like smoothed out some wrinkles. Yeah. And like that for sure. was it. Um and then Ewan is reunited with his mullet. His mullet. Like, oh my god. I cannot. They look so good, Sharon. They I like, know. It was like no time passed. It did it you was see literally like Anakin's no time pass. Smile? The fact that there's 20 years separating this right now, and it feels like nothing. It was, this was such a good episode, because it, they make it back to the base, and then obviously, you know, top 10 anime betrayals, um, Lola sabotages because now they're after them. It gave me, I saw somebody mention this on Twitter, and they were so right. Like, it's giving... The, the Last, Last Jedi, Jedi. crates. Yes. Yeah. Well, I even, um, I noticed when Obi-Wan goes out to kind of surrender himself, the the way that his theme crescendos there, like, it's his theme, but the way that they crescendo it, it sounds like the music when Luke walks out. 
It's just like like the music. The music was they were like marrying each other. That's so amazing. And even like paralleling, you could even go farther and say like not only is this like a you know an Anakin Obi Wan moment, but like Riva is Ben mm-hmm. Solo. Yeah. Like the similarities are there. And for him to come out and like obviously like things go a little bit differently than Last Jedi, but it it was very clearly there and I I do think it was a choice. Like I, I do think oh, it was intentional. Yeah, it was a hundred percent intentional. I hundred percent. And I one hundred percent appreciate it. It, thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. I I love Lash at Icroms. Thank you. It, it's giving those vibes, and it's <sighs> Obi Wan knows Anakin so well, so he's like, Anakin is too impatient for a siege. He's gonna attack immediately. And I love that everybody's just like, how on earth would you know this about Darth Vader? And Anakin and Obi Wan's just like, whatever. Like, it's <laughs> he's impatient. Like, it's not gonna happen. And then like he even surrenders his lightsaber. He's like, I do not need my lightsaber to do this right now and like he never actually faces vader he just talks to reva and like that's where we get reva's backstory and reva kind of helps him and they manage to escape and like vader's big mad about that well you want to talk about reva's backstory a little bit i would love to talk about reva's backstory the rumors were true we were correct (laughs) she was one of the younglings she was the one youngling who survived. Yes. And they gave a warning at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Because um, the way she describes surviving is very similar to what we've heard from these mass shootings in schools. Um, but yeah, she is like the one youngling that survived. Yeah. She survives and she is... We find out that she's not loyal to Vader at all. No. She's mad. She she wants him dead. She wants him to, you know, suffer for what he did. And that's like, for Reva, that's like really, you know, getting yourself deep into becoming an Inquisitor just, you know, for this vendetta. Well, it's like you said, like, they have that constant reminder in the fortress. Like, it's either be an Inquisitor or die. Yeah. And she wants revenge like she knows that anakin's vader because she was there like she saw it happen so she wants to take him down and there's this moment where like because obi-wan kind of like riddles it out because he's like there's no way she would know about vader unless she was there and he says you know we want the same thing and she she's like do you do you really want to kill him? Because I want to kill him. And Obi-Wan hesitates. Because yeah. Obi-Wan doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. I don't think he does. No, I don't think so. I, I saw this theory. I don't remember if you sent it to me or, like, how we saw this. But somebody's saying that Obi-Wan pushing Luke to kill Anakin was never about actually killing Darth Vader. It was because he knew Luke wouldn't do it and it would bring Anakin back to the light side. And I I like that interpretation. Yeah. Because that was something that always made me mad, like, when I first became a Star Wars fan. Like, how could Obi-Wan give up on Anakin? 
And that interpretation is that he yeah. never did. I really like that. I, like... <laughs> like, he knew he couldn't do it. He knew that he couldn't bring him back, but, like, his son could. Is yeah. That's a lot. And I, I really like that. But he doesn't want to kill Anakin. I think that's when he realizes that he doesn't. And, like, Reva does. Like, she is so mad. And she's so full of rage. There's nothing like a mad woman Taylor Swift said it herself. Yeah. Mad woman is her song. There's been this huge question of, you know, like, is she going to be redeemed? And, like, we got that moment. And I'm like, yes. Like, it's going to happen. And then the question is, but is she going to live to see it? I think yes. I also think yes. Because... First of all, we all knew this. We were all waiting for the I lived moment from the Grand, the Grand Inquisitor. Inquisitor. Yeah. And it happened. Like, he's fine. He's alive. It was just an owie. It was boo-boo. He's fine. But did you see the, like, quote from Rupert Friend? No. This week? Because he was on a talk show, and um, I forget who the host was, but they were like, oh, well, your character died, and he, his response was one of them. So everyone was really confused by that, oh. that he was going to play a second character. But interesting. Th- th- I think that's weird of him that he that, said that. Maybe he was just in like a silly, goofy mood. <laughs> I, I feel like that might have been what it was. It's weird because normally when you... So she faces off with Vader, which, gotta say, was a really cool fight. I was nervous. I was so nervous. I was, I was like, this is the moment stressed. she's dying, and I'm going to be upset about this episode. I was, I'm like, I'm going to be so upset. Yeah. Like, this episode was so good, and then they're going to do this, and I'm going to be so upset. And, uh, like, the fact that Vader... So he's, like, fighting her without a lightsaber, and it's so effortless. And yeah. then he gets the upper hand, and he literally... Because the Inquisitor sabers are basically two sabers, so he literally splits them off, and then gives her the other one. It's like, yeah. let's actually fight. And I was like, oh my god. Um... And he does stab her. Yeah. But the fact that they... She doesn't actually die. Like... Yeah. And she she sees that message from Bale. Like, I... There's no way she's actually dead. I don't know how. No. Well, I she's was She's too say, angry to die. Shannon, you have not caught up on Our Flag Means Death. No, I have not. But you learn a lesson on how to be stabbed and where to be stabbed, that it's not fatal. Well, I mean, I did see Steed uh, sleeping shirtless and Blackbeard watching him sleep, recovering from his stab wound. Oh, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I did see that part. Like, everyone should bully Shannon into finishing or fighting death because (laughs) of the end of the last episode. Like, oof. Like... It's your shit. Like, it's really... I mean, you... Everybody should be bullying me because I just... I, I honestly just, like, haven't been. And I have no reason not to now because I finished first kill. So, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah. So, like, she's literally too angry to die. And, and I mentioned... So, she sees a, a message from Bale. And Bale had sent a transmission to Obi-Wan. Um, they had agreed to not communicate just in case. And... Bale's getting worried because it's been a long time and he's like, you know, if I don't hear from you or you guys don't show up, like, I will go to Tatooine and I will look after the boy. And it's kind of choppy, but Reva does see that, which tells me that, like, she's going after Luke now. I I don't know. Like, because what is she going to get out of it now? I don't know. Like, she like, can't go back to 
the Empire. No, I mean, like, the, the only thing that's left for her is, like, just pleading an audience with Vader and then trying to kill him again. But, like, that's not going to happen. She would be better off trying to find Obi-Wan because he's the only one who would, like, sympathize with her. Like, obviously, the people from the path aren't going to want her, but Obi-Wan probably would. I don't know what to expect. I I honestly don't either. I, I do think something's going to happen there. Be- before we speculate and all that, um, I did want to mention, um, rest in peace, Tala and Ned B. Yeah, that was sad. That was really sad. It was very Rogue One feels. It, it really was. was. I love that. So... I don't remember why this started or if it had been confirmed or, like, mentioned, but, like, everybody was talking about Tala and Ned B, like, being in a relationship. Oh. And, like, in this episode, it's like, yeah, they were. Yeah, well, it's because Indira Varma, who um, plays Tala, mm-hmm. posted um, a few weeks ago when they when they revealed the character posters, she posted the one of Ned B, and she was, like, something about my bae. Mm. So that's why everyone was like, oh... And then they really were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am like, I want to read that. Like, yeah. I'd like to know about that. Like, he never commu- He never talks. I like. I have some questions. I'd like to see it. He's like a big, yeah. strong, silent. Do you think himbo. that there's any fake out yet? I highly doubt it. We were so spoiled with Raylo. <laughs> like any kind of crack fic we wanted at our fingertips. Yeah, you know, no like. You know that if people are writing, like, modern-day Kenobi AUs, like, they are a couple in the background. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, what is their ship name? Like, Talby? Talby. Nedla? I think it's Talby. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah, no, I I loved their moments. Like, the way he shields her from the blast. When she gets off the ship and she, like, immediately runs to him, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, and, like, holds his, like, face. Yes! I'm like, oh, like, because at first I just thought that, like, Indira just, like, loved Yeah, I thought it was just, like, like, you know, sidekick, you know? No. But no, like, okay. I'm, I mean, like, I'm looking. Gone too soon. You know, like, they alluded at some sort of, like, potential for a relationship between Lando and L3, so. I mean, as L3 said, it works. (laughs) <laughs> What's the attachment situation on Ned B? I don't know. <laughs> okay, is there anything else about part five before we we talk um, about what could be in the finale? I don't know. No, I think I'm ready for predictions. So, obviously, we know Aunt Beru's in the show. We have yeah. not seen Aunt Beru. We assume she's in the show. We assume she is in the show. And... At the end of episode five, we saw baby Luke, and I gotta say, I could not have cared less. Yeah. I was, I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, we're coming back to this? I was like, why are we going, are we, why are we going back to Tatooine? Like, I want to go to Alderaan. Excuse yeah. me? So, like, I, I do have some questions. Like, are we gonna go straight and drop Leia off and then, like, resolve that, and then, obviously, Obi-Wan's gonna go back to Tatooine, because that's where we pick him up at. So I'm guessing the finale, like, moment is on Tatooine. Yeah. So the question then becomes, you know, is Vader gonna follow him there? Is Reva gonna follow him there? 
Like, what's what's happening? Is there any reason for Vader to know he's going to Tatooine? No. So I think no on Vader. I I kind of think the rematch of the century that everybody was talking about. Was episode that, three? Well, I, I also think that it was in episode five. I think it was the Attack of the Clones bit. Yeah. Because it, it was basically their Mustafar fight. So I, I don't think, like, you know, everybody's been, like, frothing at the mouth for this, like, Obi-Wan Vader showdown. And I don't think it's going to happen because it, it, like, nothing can come of it. Uh, so I think, like, episode three was the only time we were going to see them face off. So that just leaves Reva. But it's like, why would she go there? Like, what? She has no reason to antagonize again. Unless it's, like, it, like for survival like i unless she thinks that if she could kill obi-wan and prove that to vader that she would be back in the good graces of the empire it could be it and i mean it absolutely could be i could think of the only other thing i could think is like her possibly putting together that luke probably not leia but that Luke is, you know, somebody, like somebody's kid. Yeah, well, definitely someone that is being protected yes. by Obi-Wan. I don't know necessarily what that would make her do, but because if she somehow puts together that Luke is Anakin's kid, like, that's a big deal. Well, I mean, it's definitely possible because it was obvious to people that Padme was pregnant, right? Yes. So, like, people knew that someone in the spotlight was pregnant and then she died. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the official thing was that she hadn't given birth yet. Yeah, she lost the kids. Um, but, you know, if Reva does the math, and sees how old the kid is if she goes to Tatooine and sees the kid at that age, 10 years old. Where he, she could even think of, figure it out for Leia, I think. I mean, honestly. Although, well, with Leia being... I think it's, like, super accepted that, like, Leia is just, like, their adoptive daughter. Yeah. But, like, I agree. I think if anybody, like, looks really hard, you could probably see it. Especially spending time with her. Or also just... Um, Asking yourself, like, why did this lure Kenobi out of hiding? Like, what makes this girl so special to him? Wild question here. Do uh, First of all, I would love to see somebody put together that, like, these are Padme Amidala's kids. Because it's not said enough that these are Padme's kids. Yeah. Um, I would love to see somebody sort that out. But, question. Do we think... That they would then assume that they are Obi-Wan's kids. <laughs> um, guess depends who. Yeah. Because, like, I'm just thinking about, like, if, if Reva, like you said, like, puts together, like, maybe that these are Padme's children and that Obi-Wan is protecting them. I think the next logical question would be, why is Obi-Wan protecting them? And then for somebody who's unaware of you know, obviously her relationship with Anakin, I think the next jump you would make is that he's the father. Yeah, I guess it depends who you're talking to. Like, Anakin's really bad at hiding it. And yet somehow nobody knew. Well, I mean, obviously Ahsoka knew and Obi-Wan knows. But like... Yoda probably knew. I don't... I bet Mace Windu didn't know. Yeah. I would have liked to see the look on his face when he found out. I think it would have been funny. 
Uh, I think Rail would approve. Do you think Rail's alive? That's a good question. How old would Rail be? He's like Qui-Gon's age? Yes. And Qui-Gon was... Well, uh, no, he was Qui-Gon's apprentice before Obi-Wan, so, so somewhere in between. So he's probably between ages, so he's probably like, what, five, ten years older than Obi-Wan? Yeah, somewhere around in there. So, so I mean, he, he could be. Yeah, he could still be alive. I feel like if he is, he's probably on hiding on that planet that he was on. Yeah. Um, and that reminds me, Alex sent me a picture because people were asking what all the Arubesh means on all the writing. And some of it's really hard to read because it's handwritten. You don't normally see Arubesh handwritten. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of May the Force Be With You. There are some names that didn't mean anything to me. Um, I like this one. It said, like, like the light is fading, but it never goes dark or something, something like that. Yeah. Um, which I really liked. It, it's very clearly a lot of Jedi passing through there. Because mm-hmm. at this point, I don't think people are using May the Force Be With You like regular people. That becomes like a very rebellion thing. Listen, am I an Obidala? I mean, I don't hate it. Um, I mostly ship it out of spite. Um, but I I would like to see another acknowledgement of Padme. It's been yeah. a hot minute since we've acknowledged Padme. We haven't acknowledged her since episode three. Yes. So I would yeah. like to see that. And uh, potentially... If Baru is in the episode, I would really like to see it. Like, I, we don't really get to hear anything from her. Yeah. And she is effectively, like, Luke's mother right now. Um, So I would love to see, like, what she's doing, what she's going through. And we mentioned how there's, like, rumors and people are kind of talking about, like, there being a spinoff. And if there is a spinoff, like, it has to be Reva. Yeah. I also want, like, Reva everything. Like, let's get some Reva comics, too. Oh, like, I need both. Like, both like, those like things. Like, Reva, like, being found by the Inquisitors, like, rising yeah. to the ranks. Like, because they talk about how they found her in the trash. Like, what? Could you imagine her getting redeemed? Okay. Okay. I Imagine her getting redeemed at the end of this. Right. And, um... I know we can't, we probably can't tread that much um, space, like, in the span of one episode, but for her to, like, kind of be, like, hinted at, you know, then going on to help the paths and everything, and her showing up in Jedi Survivor. Okay, but see, like, I think you could do that even without, like, a full redemption. I think you could, like, start her redemption, and that's eventually where it takes her. To Jedi Survivor. Yeah. I kind of feel like she, I could see her having, like, a long redemption, like, Ventress. Yeah. You know, like, with Ventress, it it was a while. Like, you see a lot of her kind of, like, drifting in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I could see that with her. And then, I mean, Quinlan Voss would be the perfect person for her to talk to. Yeah. We don't even know if Quinlan Voss is going to be in... Like, we're just, we just as a society that he's going to be, be in, in it. Jedi Survivor. He's going to be in it. I, I mean, they said he's alive, so, and he's helping the past. Like, I don't see how he can't be in it. Um, I can't believe they decided to tell us that Quinlan is alive. Like, and then give us nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, like, look at you go, Lucasfilm. I love the cut. I love that deep cut. And you, I love fan service when I am the fan being serviced. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life when Kenobi's over. I guess get ready for Andor. Yeah, Andor at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. 
we will have so the next book to come out is the book who will not be named um but then we have well padawan's the end of july shadow of the sith is end of june I didn't realize Shadow of the Sith didn't already come out. I know. Padawan is the end of July, and then Princess and the Scoundrel, August 16th. Oh, that one I'm excited for. Yes, and that will be about Kenobi time for us. And was it Tales of the Jedi? Is that the fall? We said all that uh, that news in the last episode, and then I, you know, restarted the document, and now I don't know anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, after this, like, the next thing is Andor, and honestly... I feel like this is going to hand off really well into Andor because we're kind of seeing the beginnings of the rebellion. So it's like we see it from this like mystical force side, like with Vader and the Inquisitors. And now we're going to see it from like an everyday perspective. And I really like that. We got good stuff coming up. We do. Mm-hmm. The, the Star Wars drought is definitely over. We're getting so I don't think we're right ever going to get another drought. It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> it sounds like we're going to be eating pretty well for a while. Um, and then, of course, we will have Miss Marvel to tide us over in the meantime, because since it will still be coming out on that Wednesday slot. So is there anything else about Kenobi? There hasn't been a miss yet, so we no. have one more episode to go. No, we'll it's see. like, oops, all bangers. It Deborah <laughs> Chow. What if they give Deborah Chow, like, a movie after this? They could. Also, we completely forgot to mention that part five was written by Andrew Stanton. Wait, it was? Yeah, and the finale, too, is going to be. Wait, who is that? The director of Wally and Finding Nemo. Oh, that's so cute. I didn't know he had such angst in him. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Finding Nemo's kind of angsty. I mean, yeah, it is. And, like, Pixar in general is angsty. Like, he's on the story trust for, like, all of the movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, we should also mention that that Lightyear, now that this is out, is out, Mm -hmm. and it's, um... Not getting the best reviews. Well, at the I, I'm going to see it. Well, like, I by the time know this, what you have yeah, to say. Yeah, by the time this comes out, I would have seen it. I bought my tickets today, so yeah, I'm going. Um, it'll be interesting. I love Toy Story. I am a really big fan of the franchise. I'm. It sounds like it's not <laughs> for the Toy Story. It's people, really though. weird because the trailers look really good. Like really good. Yeah. I will trust your opinion. Like, obviously. So, like, yeah. Whatever you tell me. It's just, it's a shame because, like, Turning Red didn't get a theatrical release, and it's sounding to me like, like it should have. It should have, and Lightyear should have gone to Disney Plus, is what yes. it's sounding like. Um, so, but I'll reserve my judgment. I mean, if anything, we got Chris Evans on the purple carpet, um, blowing everyone's minds with his, About like, his mustache, with his Boston accent. <laughs> like, if anything, we got that, and yeah. we got Minnie Mouse in a Buzz Lightyear outfit. So already ten out of ten worth it. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion. <laughs> Alright, well, that is going to do it for this episode. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, even if it's about, you know, Chris Evans and his Boston accent, we would still love to talk about it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon, and Alex is at Alex Leonis, and we will see you guys in the next one. Bye! Bye! Bye!